0: Enjoy the message. I just want to remind you, um, we are here at the church and we're doing some things this week actually uh, to uh, provide assistance and some outreach for our health care workers. And uh, I know it's uh, some of you have been asking how we can give. And I just want to encourage you um, if you would please uh, just come by the church during our working hours, or you can go online and give online, you can text to give. Uh, We're continuing to do ministry here. We're continuing to try to help people. And uh, so your giving makes a difference. And we appreciate all that you're doing. And uh, just continue to pray for you. And you continue to pray for us. And we're going to believe God just continue to help us. So thank you so much uh, for being with us. And thank you so much for your generous giving as well. And um, may God help you and God be with you and provide for you. So we're going to continue now. And I want to just uh, take a few minutes. Uh, To bring a word to you this morning, I just want to review a little bit of what I shared last week to you, uh, and even Wednesday, um, that uh, last Sunday we talked about that we need, God's people need to be people of faith, and we need to be walking in faith during this time. Not walking in fear, but walking in faith. God has called us to walk by faith and not by sight, so we walk in faith, and we walk in faith, but we also, God's called us in this time that we live in, that we would spread hope and that we need to be sharing hope everywhere we go. Uh, No matter who you are, uh, if you're a a family of God, you can check on your neighbors, you can check on other church family, you can call them, you can text them, whatever you need to do, but make sure uh, that you're sharing hope with people uh, in our community and all around us, uh, sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Um, So last week I shared that. Wednesday night I talked to you about how God is with us in the storms. He will help us in the storms of life. And uh, I know we've all experienced that before. We all have testimonies where God has helped us through storms in life, where he's been with us at different times. And I can assure you, he's gonna be with us and he's going to help us in this storm as well. But today, as we go into the word of God, I wanna share with you something that I believe that the Lord began to stir in me around uh, earlier in the week, uh, just asking God what he would want to say to our church family, and to the community that has gathered online. Uh, I know many of us have been receiving updates uh, about the coronavirus and the spread of it. We've been given the guidelines from the CDC on what we can do to help prevent from spreading uh, the virus. And one of the terms that has been uh, coming to us through email and through conference calls is the recommendation by the CDC for us to practice what they're calling social distancing. Social distancing. And we've seen people come up with some creative ways of doing that. And they tell us that if we do not uh, practice social distancing, that uh, could cause big problems for us more so than we already have. And the Lord began to stir me on that, that, you know, there's a problem if we don't uh, practice social distancing. But the real problem for us, maybe while we're going through what we're going through, is because we've been God-distancing that we've been God-distancing. And God-distancing is when we distance ourselves from God. Now, last week, I shared with you in 2 Thessalonians about there's gonna be these events leading up to the return of Jesus Christ, and they're gonna be one event right after the other, but Paul says that we don't have to be shaken. He says, do not be shaken by what's going on around you, but if we keep reading in that same verse there in 2 Thessalonians, you'll read that there's going to be another indication of that we're living in the last days, and that indication is is there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. There's going to be a great rebellion from people away from the faith. Many call it the apostasy. And I believe that we're experiencing that today, that we're seeing people, we could call it in our day and time, God-distancing Instead of falling away and instead of rebellion, we could call it God distancing. And it could it be, I'm just asking a question to all of us this morning. Could it be that we're facing this coronavirus crisis because God's people and this nation have distanced ourselves from God? Could it be that we're facing everything that we're going through, these turbulent and challenging times? Could it be that we're going through this crisis because we have distanced ourselves from Almighty God? Someone asked this question this week. Where is God in all this mess? Where is God? Well, I can assure you, for those that are listening, that God has not left us. He has not left us. The problem is, is that we have left God. We, we have distanced ourselves from Almighty God, but I believe that right in the middle of the crisis that we're going through right now, families are in crisis, our communities in crisis, our nation's in a crisis, the world is in a crisis, but I believe that right in the middle of the crisis that God is waving at us and he's trying to get our attention that we would come back to him, that we would return back to him. And could it be that God is allowing this crisis to wake us up from our spiritual sleep. So I've titled this message "God Distancing." And in my reading this past week, when I was reading in our Bible study, immersed the kingdoms, God showed me a verse there, a passage of scriptures that I believe that will speak to all of us today. So I want to ask you just for the next few minutes to open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel, chapter twelve, verses fourteen through 25, and you can follow along with me right there on your, uh, with your Bible. But this is a story we find in the Old Testament, and it's an example of God's people practicing God distancing. And we see here in the context that there's a leader there for God's people. His name is Samuel. And Samuel is leading God's people through a transition. They're transitioning from judges to kings. And in that transition, there's some dark days there for God's people. And Samuel begins to warn them that they've, they've rebelled against God and they've turned their backs on God and they've fallen away from God. And Samuel begins to warn them that they need to turn back to the Lord. And we pick that up in 14 when Samuel, near the end of his life, he gives these words in verse 14. He says, now if you fear and worship the Lord and listen to his voice, and if you do not rebel against the Lord's commands, then both you and your king will show that you recognize the Lord as your God. But if you rebel against the Lord's commands and refuse to listen to him, then his hand will be as heavy upon you as it was upon your ancestors. Now stand here and see the great thing the Lord is about to do. You know that it does not rain at this time of the year during the wheat harvest, but I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain today, and then you will realize how wicked you have been in asking the Lord for a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people were terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. And they said, Pray to the Lord your God for us, or we will die. They said to Samuel, For now we have added to our sins by asking for a king. Do not be afraid, Samuel reassured them. You have certainly done wrong, but make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart and don't turn your back on him. Don't go back to worshiping worthless idols that cannot help you or rescue you. They're they're totally useless. The Lord will not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name. For it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. And I will continue to teach you what is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things that God has done for you. But if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. Let us pray. Our Father, thank you for your word. God, we know your word. Will we not turn void? We know, God, your word is powerful and living, and we just pray right now that your word, as it's being proclaimed, there will be a great anointing over all of us to receive it. And God, that you would be glorified in everything. I trust you now. Holy Spirit, Feel me. Holy Spirit, Feel the people right now that are listening online. We ask it right now, God, for your glory. We need you, Lord. In your name, we pray and ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Israel, in this story here, had distanced themselves from God. Israel had distanced themselves from God because they requested a human king to lead them and guide them going forward. They requested this king. They had distanced themselves from God. And Samuel is on the scene and he issues this warning to them. And he says, what do you mean you want a human king? Don't you realize that the Lord God is your king? And the people replied. They had drifted so far away from the Lord that they told Samuel, listen, we don't care what you say. We want a human king that will lead us and guide us like all the other pagan nations have around us. So instead of heeding the warning that Samuel gave to the people, they distanced themselves even farther away from God. And they did that by rejecting the Lord God as their king. They did that by abandoning God and and turning their backs on God. They did that by worshiping idols that the Bible says were useless. They did that by requesting a human king instead of a divine king to lead them and guide them. Now, when I was studying and praying over 1 Samuel chapter 12, uh, I believe and feel like the Lord showed me a parallel with Israel then and our nation and where we are today, that we have drifted away from God. If you would just take and look around in the world uh, that we're in and look around at the nation that we live in, I think we can all come to the conclusion that we've all uh, distanced ourselves from God. We've all drifted away from God. We've done it by rejecting Jesus in our society today. We've distanced ourselves from God by abandoning the Lord Jesus and now we worship all these other idols that take the place that should go in worshiping Jesus. We, we look to ourselves. We, we, we live in a selfie world. We look to ourselves more than we look to the Lord for guidance and strength and for direction in our lives. We're we're living in a day where everybody's doing what seems right in their own eyes. We're living in a day where everybody seems to be doing what's right in their own heart. And, And this is exactly what these people were doing here. And Samuel was warning them. They were living in a day where they were doing things that seemed right in their own eyes instead of doing what was right in God Almighty's eyes. And Samuel he came to them and he warned them. He warned them with a with a compassion. He warned them with a love. And he says, "Listen, there's going to be consequences for distancing yourselves from God." And eventually, we read that God would punish them for their sins, not because, not because he wanted to hurt them, but because he was trying to get their attention. And the Bible says in Hebrews twelve six, "For the Lord he disciplines those he loves." And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. The Lord, he disciplines the ones he loves. Just like a parent would discipline their children. They're not disciplining their children because they want to hurt them. They're not disciplined the children because they're angry with them. They're disciplining their children because they love them. And have we considered... That even in all this mess that we're going through right now, have we have we even considered that Almighty God, out of his love, out of his compassion, out of his amazing grace, that that he's trying to wake us up before we drift away too far? Did we really think that God would continue to turn his face to the things that we continue to do in our society today? Do we really think that God would not deal with us and deal with sin sooner or later, as we continue to reject and rebel and uh, drift away from God? Did we not think that God sooner or later was going to deal with us because of all the evil and all the uh, wickedness that we see that we continue to do right in front of His face? We have we have distanced. Listen, we have distanced ourselves from God. And God is calling out at us today out of love and out of grace. And he's saying, return back to me. Come back to me. We have distanced ourselves from God parading, perversion in front of God, right in our own streets here in America, all over the world. We we have distanced ourselves from God by, by murdering millions of precious little babies through abortion. We we have distanced ourselves from God by by legalizing same-sex marriage that a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman. When God's Word tells us that marriage is between a man and a woman, we have distanced ourselves from God. We have drifted away. We have fallen away. There's a great apostasy going on in our land today. And Paul said that would be one of the signs that we're in the end times. We have distanced ourselves from God. We've distanced ourselves from God by allowing men dressed up like women to be able to come in and to to speak into the lives of our children and confusing their minds. And now we have boys who think they're girls and girls who think they're boys. And the Word of God says that He created us male and female. We have distanced ourselves from God. Denominations have distanced themselves from God by ordaining homosexuals to shepherd the church. The church and the world have distanced ourselves by by parading sin in the face of God. We've distanced ourselves from God by worshiping idols in our culture instead of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus wants to be first in everything, friend, we've got so many other things that come before Christ, and God forgive us, but that's just another sign that we've distanced ourselves from God. We've distanced ourselves from God by allowing every activity and every event to become more important than being in the house of God. And Samuel, out of love, he warned Israel. He said, listen, he warned them. He says, listen, you need to come back to God. You need to return back to God. He says, fear the Lord and worship him only. And I think today, friend, that's the problem. There's there's no fear of the Lord in our nation today. There's no reverence for the Lord. There's no fear. We we fear a virus more than we fear God. There's no fear of the Lord because we have distanced. We have distanced ourselves from God. We've thrown up our hand to God. We've distanced ourselves from Him. This past week, I was watching a video recording uh, from our state officials that was sent out to the faith-based community to update us on the coronavirus for North Carolina. And it was good information, and uh, right there at the very beginning of the recording, uh, one politician stood up, and, and I appreciate that he was asking that we pray. And here's what he said. He says, listen, we, we know that if two or three gather, know we know who will be there. No, no, I don't know who will be there. Tell me, tell me who will be there. Will it be Buddha that's going to hear me and help me? Is it going to be Muhammad that's going to hear and help me? No, because they're dead. Listen, I know who's going to be there. Jesus is the one that said that. He says, if two or three gather in my name, I'll be there to hear them and help them. And why? Because he's alive. He's a lot. Listen, Jesus, the only one that can give us hope, the only one that can bring us through all this mess and turn it all around is the one that our leaders refuse to even mention his name because they want to be politically correct. They fear man more than they fear God. And the truth is, The truth is, we've all distanced ourselves from Almighty God. Every one of us have distanced ourselves from God. We have abandoned God, and we've followed after our own idols because we have no fear of the Lord. How long, how long did we think God would let us drift away from Him before He allowed something to get our attention? How many of you know if God wants to get your attention, He'll get your attention? You asked Jonah Jonah was trying to distance himself from God, but God got his attention. You ask Paul, he was distancing himself from God, but God got his attention on the road to Damascus. Friend, if God wants to get your attention, he will get your attention. And I believe that right now we're going through a crisis in this world, in this land, right here in our community, and God is trying to get our attention and saying, come back to me. In verse 18 of uh, Samuel, I just read to you, it says that God sent a thunderstorm. He sent that thunderstorm to get their attention. It was not supposed to be rain and it was supposed to be no clouds. But right there during that time, God sent thunderstorm and he sent rain. And you see, God had a purpose. He had a purpose for allowing the storm in their life. He had a purpose for allowing the storm when they least expected it. And friend, listen, I'm here to tell you today. God has a purpose for everything that we're going through right now. We may not understand it. We may not have been expecting it. But I can promise you God has a plan and God has a purpose. Hallelujah. And the purpose of the storm, I want to tell you, just like it was here in this story, was to wake the people up. The the storm was there to wake people up. I remember when 9-11 happened and everybody, man, people were waking up and they were flooding the churches. And now we're going through another crisis. And I pray that God would use this storm to wake people up. Wake them up and they would confess their sins of rejecting God. That the purpose of the storm would cause them to repent and return back to God. Could it be, I'm asking this question, could it be that God has allowed this virus and that God has allowed this collapse in our economy to wake us up and get our attention? Could it be that the purpose of this crisis is to get us on our knees again to repent of our sins and return back to God? Samuel, he encouraged the people, he called on the people to return back to God. What does God want us to do in this time of crisis? Well, I know. Listen, believe me, friend. He wants us to have hope. God wants us to have peace. God wants us to walk in faith. But I, I believe more than anything, what does God want us to do? God wants us to repent and return back to Him. And Repent means to turn from your sins and turn back to God. And my goodness, if we've ever needed to repent and turn back to God, it's the day and time that we're living in now. People are asleep spiritually. People need to be awakened, and returned back to God. I believe God is calling us to repent and return back to him. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God said if we would repent, if we would turn from our wicked ways, He would hear from heaven. Aren't you grateful, friend, that if we'll turn to God, that he will hear us? He will hear us and he will help us? Samuel reminded Israel... You read it there in the scripture, Samuel reminded Israel that if they would repent and return back to God, that God would not abandon them, but he would help them. And I want to encourage you this morning, those of you who are online, that you're watching and listening, listen, God is not going, he's not going to abandon you. Turn to him right now, and I promise you, he will never let go of you. He will always be with you. He will not abandon you. God is going to be there to deliver you. God is going to be there to rescue you. God is going to be there to make a way for you. God is going to be there to get you through, no matter what you're going through. Some of you were already battling hell already before the crisis came. I'm here to tell you right now, no matter what you're facing, God can get you through it. If we will repent and turn to Him, He will hear us and help us. Why? Because He loves us and He's rich in mercy. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? Aren't you thankful that he's rich in mercy? His mercies are new every day to us. Praise the Lord for that. Samuel warned them. He warned them that if they repented and faithfully served God, he says, if you will repent and if you will faithfully serve God, then you're going to be blessed. God's going to make a way. God's going to help you. But he said this, if you refuse to repent, if you refuse to return back to God, then you and your king are going to be swept away. Friend, that just tells me there that there's a danger if we refuse to repent and return back to God. There's a danger if you refuse to repent of your sins. If you continue to compromise and you continue to tolerate it and let it infect your life, friend, you're going to keep getting worse and worse. I'm just encouraging right now. Today is the day for you to repent and turn back to the Lord. Jesus even said these words here. Talking about the danger of those who refuse to repent. Jesus said, unless you repent, you too all will perish. And those who refuse to turn away from sin and turn back to Jesus Christ, they're on a pathway right straight to destruction. The Bible says they're on a pathway straight to hell. Romans 2.5 says, but because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself. Friend, let me just encourage you today. There's a danger. If you do not repent, you need to give your life. You need to surrender all today. What choice will you make today? Will you continue to distance yourself from God? Or will you take time today, right there where you are, to repent of your sins and return back to God? I just want to remind you that the Lord loves you. And he loves you enough that he's there and he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention. And why? Because he's trying to get to you before it's too late. Because, friend, we were singing about it. I've read it in the scriptures. Jesus is coming back. And you need to be ready. It's time for you to return back to God today. It's time for you to stop turning your back to God. It's time for you to stop drifting away. It's time for you to return back. And you do that by surrendering everything to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about through just words. I'm talking about you surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you. I want to encourage everyone listening, Jesus loves you. If you ever wondered how much Jesus loves you, just look to the cross because the Bible says that Christ demonstrated his love for us. Even while we were yet sinners, he would die for us. Friend, that's amazing love. And He loves you today. He suffered on the cross. He took your place. He took my place so our sins could be forgiven. He shed His blood so that your sins that you have committed and that ever will be committed can be forgiven. What do you have to do? The Bible says that you repent of your sins. In Acts 3.19, the Bible says, Repent, then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I want to just encourage you today in a loving way to repent and receive Jesus Christ. It comes down to a decision. What will you do? Are you going to come to Christ in repentance? Because all of us need to repent because repentance is for everyone. Listen to me. Repentance is for the rebellious man that's running away from God right now. And repentance is for the religious man who thinks he's got it all together. Repentance is for everyone, and we have to receive Jesus Christ. You can give yourself to Jesus right there where you are in your living room. You can call out to Him. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Friend, you can have have eternal life today through Jesus Christ if you will repent and receive Him. And I want to encourage you to do that now. I know there's probably families gathered around in living rooms. Maybe at work watching while you're on break. I don't know. But I want to just tell you this. Whoever you are, God loves you enough to send His one and only Son to die for you. So you would not perish, but you could have everlasting life. I want you to know that I think that God is trying to get your attention today, all of us. He's waving at us, telling us to come back to Him. You may have drifted. You may have backslid, but I'm here to tell you, no matter what you've done, God's grace is amazing. He can forgive you, restore you, make things new again, and today can be a new beginning for you. But it all starts with you making the decision to receive Jesus Christ in your life. Dad that's watching, give your life to Jesus. Mom, give your life to Jesus. Young teenager, give your life to Jesus. Young boy, young girl, whoever you are, you're right there where you are. You can call on the name of the Lord for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on him, turn from sin and turn back to God. Grab your, grab the hands of your family and, and make a declaration today and just say, Lord, forgive us for the way we've drifted and distanced ourselves from you. And today we make a new uh, commitment to you, God, that we're going to serve you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. Nothing's going to be and nothing's going to take your place, Lord. You're first now in everything. Can you make that a declaration today? Can you just surrender everything to Christ today? Give Him your heart right there where you are. Just bow your head in prayer and just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I've drifted. I've drifted. Oh, God, I've drifted. And you're calling to me out of mercy today to come back to you, Lord. And and I want to surrender. I want to make things right. I'm tired of living the way I've been living. And I want to surrender all to you. I want my sins forgiven. So I confess to you right now. I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I believe, I believe, I've heard it today that Jesus loves me. And I know that because he died on the cross. He was punished for you. He bore sin for you and me. He bore our sins. The suffering that He took for us. The crown of thorns. The lashing. The beating. The blood. Oh, Jesus, thank You. Thank You that You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Lord, I put my trust and faith in you right now. I want to be ready, Lord. I don't want to miss you when you come. Lord, I want to be ready. I want my family ready, Lord. Lord, please, I just ask you to come into my life right now. and Be my Savior. I make you my Lord. I'm making that decision today. I receive you, Jesus Christ. I receive you. I receive you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that I have a home in heaven. No matter how rocky and how troubled and how dark it may get here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's a place prepared for me called heaven. And Lord, I look forward to it more and more every day, every day. And I thank you, Lord, for what you did for us through the cross and through the empty grave, your resurrecting power, that we can live forever with you. We don't have to be shaken because we know you hold the future in Jesus' name.